Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. Hey, hey, it's AKA Cloudette here with the weekly podcast. This is episode 256 for July the 15th, 2019. And this is a special edition because I will also talk about the full moon that will be tomorrow. And it is a lunar eclipse. So grab whatever you like to grab to sit back and relax so you can be motivated on this Monday by knowing what the cosmic weather is, the mathematical and astronomical positions of our heavenly bodies. I'm back. Yes, I'm back. And I'm going to try a little something different today because I will be talking about two consecutive days. So we'll do where the heavenly bodies are as we normally do, where we just talk about where the heavenly bodies are. And I promise not to go off on a tangent. Get the maths out of the way. And then when I um, share with you where the heavenly bodies will be tomorrow, then I will elaborate more about the energies of the interaction of the heavenly bodies in respect to each other. Um, Yeah, that will be how I will do it. So let's start with what I've done here is I have made a time for the actual time now because I feel that I want to concentrate on where the heavenly bodies are as I share them with you and therefore it I'm hoping that it will make it more relevant and that I can um you know find some connection as well when I do that so right now it is 13 hours and 26 that's uh 26 minutes after 1 p.m um london time that's five hours ahead of eastern standard time so let's start with as we always do the ascending constellation and that is in virgo virgo is the largest constellation and uh, the 26 degree and 41 arch minutes of virgo is rising still quite a lot so all the babies born now and for an hour or so more will have a virgo ascendant next uh we have nothing in the libra constellation space nor the scorpio which is quite small but we do still have our jupiter which is going retrograde or appeal appears to be going backwards and it's at seven degrees of a focus this so-called 13th constellation and 42 arch minutes um it is really part of scorpio um space and you can see that with a star location app if you like to see the particulars but um in the calculation it is in the afukas constellation space next we have 
the moon, which is at 10 degrees of Sagittarius and 28 arch minutes, coming close to Saturn, which you can see also in the sky at night. Some of you, if you have a clear night, and it's appearing to be going back on itself, which means retrograde. And that is at 20 degrees of Sagittarius and 16 arch minutes. Next, we have what we call the south node, known as K2, which I like to also keep with the Vedic astrology because I feel that it has a very good explanation for the two karmic points of Rahu and K2. And K2 is at 21 degrees and 8 arch minutes of Sagittarius. Next to it, not so far away, four degrees away, we have Pluto, the non-planet planet. It's retrograde as well, and it's 25 degrees of Sagittarius and 21 arch minutes. So you see Sagittarius quite busy with heavenly bodies there. Uh, nothing in the constellation space of Capricorn, because this is not Western astrology, which is no proof of what is happening in the sky. This is what I'm telling you is what's happening in the sky. That's why we call it sky astrology. No, not astrology. Uh, then we have Neptune, which we can't see with the naked eye, but we like to acknowledge. We know it is in the constellation of Aquarius near the end at 20 degrees Aquarius and 48 arch minutes. We like to keep our eyes on the Chiron, which is an asteroid. It is in Pisces and it's just started to go retrograde. It's at 13 degrees of Pisces and 59 arch minutes. Next we have our unusual and uh you know unexpected energy of Uranus, also a planet, of course. It is in um Aries at seven degrees and twenty arch minutes. We have nothing in the Taurus constellation, but we have a lot going on in Gemini constellation space. And let's start with Venus. Venus is there at 14 degrees and 8 arch minutes. Next to it is the other karmic point, which is Rahu. Rahu and Ketu are always 180 degrees across from each other. Then next to that, we have um, our sun. Our sun is 22 degrees of Gemini and 20 arch minutes. I'm not sure if I said that Rahu was 17 degrees of Gemini and 14 arch minutes, but now you know. Uh, next, us, that's all we have in um, Gemini at the moment, but right near the cusp is our retrograde Mercury. And it is at four degrees and three arch minutes of Cancer. And it will go back into Gemini probably around the same time that our sun goes into Pisces. And I'll explain more about that in the next segment. Last but not least is Mars. And Mars is in Cancer at 10 degrees and 20 arch minutes. So those are the positions of the heavenly bodies for this Monday motivation episode that we have weekly. And when I return, I will elaborate on how the um, Apollo 50th anniversary of the moon launch has put a little extra spunk in my 
podcast and I'm so excited to share it with you. Also, I will share with you some information about what's happening here in London and why not, you know, all around the world, probably put a link or you can find out what's happening to celebrate the 50th year anniversary of when humankind went to our moon, our nearest satellite. So, uh, I'll be right back after these messages. City are performing at the Tramship Theatre on the 19th of July. Thanks to Moon Festival and Farrakh for putting the event together. Make sure to grab yourself a ticket because it's going to be a good one and I hope to see you there. Yes, on the 19th, there's going to be a street party and then there's going to be some after parties vibe under the moon this Friday the 19th of July this party starts at 22:30 to 3 a.m. and um, if you are interested you need to go to moonfestival.co.uk and there you can buy a ticket and also see what other events are on offer until the 21st of this month Yes, I cannot wait personally. I have a little special thing planned for the day that it opens on the 19th of July in Greenwich. So, um, if you want to tune in to Twitter under my handle Life is a Hat Party, um, yeah, I will be sharing that with you. Otherwise, like I said, go to moonfestival.co.uk and see all the other events that are selling out fast and that are really interesting if you happen to be in London. So let's talk about this full moon lunar eclipse. Now first you know what that is, right? It's when the sun and the moon are opposite each other. And this is really important to note because I'm doing this under my sky astrology because it is not astrology, it is about astronomy. And so most astrologers or mainstream astrology, which is a billion dollar business, will be saying that this is all about Cancer and Capricorn. Now let me explain this before I just tell you the data because the data will not have changed that much because it's one day to the next. So I don't really really need to repeat like where the outer planets are. But what I need to say, what's so important and really basic, okay, is that how we even got here is that, you know, in ancient times, uh, when they used, you know, boats to transport everything and that the stars were their compass, the stars showed them where to go they were dependable and after years and years you know I want to say centuries but you know over the years they could see certain patterns in the weather depending on the time of year depending on where the stars were and so they would plan their travels accordingly same with agriculture with growing food all these things came out of practice over thousands of years and that's where we get the basics of 
interpretation from. Now, if they knew that, say, the moon was in the constellation of Capricorn, they, you know, somehow over the years found out when they planted things in the ground that had roots or was a root vegetable, did a lot better than when if they said they planted it in the ground when the moon was in a Sagittarian, the Sagittarius constellation, okay? And so this is a good example, I feel, to make when I'm telling you about the astronomical positions now because the astronomical positions are now in Sagittarius and they are not in Capricorn because these are two different energies. Therefore, things are not going to pan out like they would under the observations that have been taken for thousands of years. And the reason that that doesn't work anymore is because at the time, when astrology was not allowed to continue to be an open observative observative um, part of life and was a crime people you know didn't get to notice the change of the procession and notice that the view of the heavens was slowly going to change one degree every 72 years Therefore, astronomy and astrology that used to be able to um, collaborate or, you know, were more or less the same thing, became two different things. And that is why it's so important to get back to the astronomy of things because we're not living in the dark ages. We are allowed to observe. Everybody can make their own calculations. We have all the technology now as well to make our own um, observations and use them accordingly. And that is why, you know, my passion really is to share that information every Monday. So if you have, and you need to go to my website, you know, it's not really a plug, but you can ask me for free. I do it for free. If you want to know where the heavenly bodies were astronomically when you were born, just ask me. I'll tell you. And then when I have the podcast every week and tell you where the heavenly bodies are, then you can start to connect and see the real organic astronomical pattern and mathematical as well pattern of where the planets are in your um, sky, I like to call it, in the sky that you had above you at the time of your birth. And so with this lunar eclipse, we have our moon in Sagittarius. Okay, and this is known as a fiery sign. And you know, based on the history, I don't know, um, it is connected with heat, with fire. It could be, you know, it is really a interaction of the energies of the stars and um, the celestial bodies and how what angle they're interacting with each other and especially what angle they're interacting with the sun and the moon so for somebody else to say it's Capricorn season 
it is a total misinterpretation of the element because this is an earth element that means that the interaction is based on the earth element and not based on the fire element is maybe based on more um something to do with earth or was nothing less to do with with um the sun than it is to do with earth so when you focus on you know the fire then you're focusing really on the energy of the sun when you focus maybe on the earth you're focusing on the energy of the earth when you focus on the air you're focusing on the atmosphere and when you focus on the water you're focusing on the moisture of the water and therefore this is important this is like basic ABC's how to take these elements for who they are what they are chemically and use them to understand how the universe is interacting with each other how the plants grow through the um, pull of the moon how it draws water out of the soil you know how the Sun you know does that as well how water is going to interact with the Sun and the earth and how the wind is interacting and helping to recreate or procreate the next um, harvest so these things I know it kind of goes with biodynamic farming but these are really important basic you know laws of nature that happen and this is important to know this is not something that's made up it's not really made up but it has has um, fallen out of um, validity it's not valid anymore basically and this is actual so as that's a kind of long tangent but I did promise to talk more about it and I hope that explains it a bit so when we focus on this lunar eclipse okay and you kind of want to you know not focus on them going oh it's Capricorn and Cancer because Capricorn and Cancer is an interaction between water and earth yeah and water and earth you know are interesting interaction you know for yourself it produces mud if there's too much water it is still another um, interaction as opposed to you know you can't really build something with it's too muddy but if it's the right consistency you could build a house with bricks you, you know that has it can be useful okay and that is what is magical about earth and water is that they definitely make something new when they come together they cannot really avoid each other at all you know the water is going to get with the soil and something else is going to happen they get into each other and that is why it's important to understand the difference of that energy so since we're not having that happen um, we are having the energy of fire and air okay which is a totally different energy we have our Sun in the constellation of Gemini which is air and we have our moon in the constellation of fire which is fire 
okay and when they are in opposition it's like they're on opposite sides of the street and they have a opportunity to learn something from each other and to work together but the basic principles of this these two elements are totally different and they never ever mix like water and earth always do that's the first thing okay so when for example water and thing in earth mix you're going to have something else happen and you know it is a productive kind of interaction what's happening here is we've got fire you know hot and then we've got the air of Gemini and it's kind of wind so basically they kind of edge each other on to tell you the truth without really being a part of each other's um, makeup or creating anything that is new is like a third element you know so say if you have too much um, air with the fire you could probably you know keep it going for a longer time and it's going to be moving around flaming up you know it's just dancing around in a way it's not peaceful it's blowing all over the place it's what the wind does and if you have an excess of air okay on the other hand if you have too much fire and not enough air then it's the heat gets too much right you don't have any relief it's just boiling and you just it's not comfortable at all so with the kind of tug of war and with the opposition is that they need to find a happy medium or they need to learn from each other so how they learn from each other well you need a little air to make a fire to get it started anyway yeah I mean actually without air there is no fire you understand and that is really important to understand and that's how we understand what's happening here in this lunar eclipse so without our Sun being in Gemini there would not be the strength of the Sagittarius and how I can interpret that is that Gemini is are the twins they in twins represent a communication like a secret communication um, that is not normal it, you know they don't need to verbally communicate they know what each other are thinking but the main thing is that they communicate and they are curious about what is being done what is being said that's why Gemini is connected with learning and being curious or uh, to say social butterfly you know they're always you know interacting wanting to know something which is a good thing and on the other hand you have Sagittarius which is also known for higher learning and is uh, connected with Jupiter and wants to share knowledge is so interested in what else can I learn and what else is like the arrow you know the horse and the arrow she's ready to shoot off into the unknown to find an answer for that you know arrow to get the point and bring something back and this is the advantage that we can use 
in this lunar eclipse is to be curious, to learn things, to do things so we can find that far-reaching, um, benevolent, inspiring answer and know that this is the spark, this is the, the, the energy of the air, the curiosity, the sun, you know, the purpose and the inspiration because you know of course the sun is you know ruled and understands fire because it's leo so it's nothing foreign to it at all so you know that brings in you know somebody would say the creativity because it's you know connected to the sun and leo so what how can you be creatively curious to give a little energy so that a spark of fire ignites the Sagittarius fire and carries this um, enthusiasm and interest into the bigger picture and knowing more about what makes things how they are forward thinking and interesting and unusual like well not known you know using the arrow to go beyond what is already known and find out more and that is really how I like to see you know that's my positive take on it because everybody has their interpretation so how I'm going to get really a little bit deeper into that is by looking at where the heavenly bodies are exactly at 22 hours 38 GMT time London time which five hours ahead of EST tomorrow on the 16th of July so the moon of course will have moved from what I told you in the previous episode um, segment and now the moon is at 27 degrees everybody has their different degrees so Vedic sometimes say 29 da, 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 da. everybody has their different ones there are 33 degrees in the ecliptic of um, Sagittarius so it will be six degrees away from um, the next uh, constellation space so it's at the end of this constellation which also makes a big difference because it would be different energy if it was at the beginning but nonetheless once it's comfortable it's in this fire the moon is in the fire it has passed by Saturn it's near the um, south node it's past that as well and it has passed Pluto which means it is in a way free from those energies it's kind of learned from the nature now it's progression and it still has the energy of Sagittarius there um, embodying it and therefore it is a rich a rich moon a rich Sagittarius moon on the opposite side we have Venus conjunct Rahu at 15 and 17 degrees respectively of Gemini and the Sun at 23 degrees of Gemini as well in this case as well we have the Gemini uh, Sun near the end of the constellation because Gemini only has about 26 or 27 degrees of the ecliptic so um, it will be leaving the constellation space of Gemini going into Cancer and in Cancer we have the Mercury waiting but we're not going to talk about that. What we were focusing on is the opposition of the sun and the moon. And that they're both at the end of that energy. But they have um, heavenly bodies next to that. What they have kind of 
accumulated information from when they pass over each other when they align it's like they are communicating with each other and getting you know um being influenced by each other so um the sun you know has has already passed by venus and rahu and is about to you know pass next to mercury especially because mercury is moving towards it in its retrograde energy but because the sun does not move as fast as the moon it's really strong there in 23 degrees and it's been in this air sign for 23 days because it moves one degree a day so it is ready to communicate it's you know kind of had this journey it's been in gemini it's passed over venus which is always harmonious and giving and then also rahu which is the north node about you know where what our life purpose is what we're here to do so it's going north it's a positive thing so it's got this mission already is about venus harmonious positive northbound uh, rahu energy to it and it is opposing or wanting to learn something having a tug of war game like who's stronger what do you have are we going to meet in the middle or is one of us going to win kind of thing uh, opposing the moon when the moon as well has you know been next to saturn and next to um, pluto and also the south node and we all know we've had a lot of um energies there because that's been there for a longer time than say venus and um Rahu has been with the sun so what's happening in Sagittarius is a bit more marinated you know uh, has sat longer and interacted longer than that the sun and Venus and Rahu has and therefore I believe that you can also take on that lightness of this situation because the moon is always going to be intuitive and wanting to know and um in depth you know it's it's connected to the water it's connected to cancer and because of that you remember remember the origin of these heavenly bodies is important to know remember where they came from and if the moon is coming from cancer coming from you know a comfort of home of knowing of caring and it's opposing the energy that is next to its home mind you uh you know cancer is right next to gemini and actually the sun is on its way to cancer and mercury is there in cancer and therefore i like to focus on the strength that it's going to get from having you know a kind of ally you could say on the other side um the sun is the way in is an ally because it's near the end of uh gemini and it's about to interact with the mercury that's coming um, retrograde that means retrograde is kind of slowing down so it's bringing it's holding on to the information not flying through and losing its papers no it's holding the information and bringing it so with all that kind all those analogies people say what does that mean for me 
I don't know what it means for you. But let me think about what how I would interpret it for myself. And then, of course, everyone's different. You can maybe take that and look how you would interpret it for you. We can't do it exact because you don't have where it is in your particular chart. And to tell you the truth, if I would do mine exact, sometimes that can be really freaky. Like I'm getting goosebumps now because a lot of times when I do these readings, a lot of stuff comes up about myself. And, um, you know, I've got some things happening, you know, at the moment. And it's promising to know that this, there's some hints and there's support from cancer on my side um, at the same time um, to go into my particular situation would give a little bit too much away but what I can say and what I like to say and what I don't think enough people are saying is that there's always a little window of support it's not all doom and gloom and it's about saying well this is what the cosmic weather is and where do I need to find my umbrella if it's going to rain yeah how do I need to prepare what kind of support am I going to get from this and that and there's so much support now because support I see a lot of times when you have planets in retrograde because they're not zooming through they're backwards they're kind of heavy it's like elders you know ancestors is connected to as well a lot of times you'll find people who seem like old souls or seem to kind of have traits um, personality traits from their families have a lot of retrograde planets and quite frankly the only um, heavenly bodies that are not retrograde are um, the sun which never goes retrograde Venus not retrograde Uranus not retrograde that's it you know and the moon never goes retrograde either so really we just have two planets and the two planets are Venus and Mars you know and they are kind of a pair and these are the only two heavenly bodies that are not going retrograde okay we've got Uranus but that's like far away but the Venus and Mars are personal planets and so you know that is also kind of for me I read into that as a good omen you know to say that these will you know are kind of free from ideas or the elders or what came before because they are going forward and one is in cancer which struggles because mars is used to fire and it's in aries but venus is in um, gemini and it understands that air because it connects to libra and it connects to taurus yeah and so the venus is next to rahu as well so it's you know strength in venus we can depend on venus and venus is all about harmony look for the harmony look for the beauty in whatever you can to ride and interact with the um energies of this full moon lunar eclipse la luna a beautiful la luna and uh yeah i think i've talked a lot i really don't like to you know say particular things because i like to just give you the information the mathematical information and then 
hopefully you as an observer of your own life can take that on board and intuitively we are all intuitive see how and if that makes sense for you so i don't think i've talked this long on a podcast for ages but i'm happy to do so um i'm gonna be doing some live streaming i'm gonna go to the moon festival i've got some things planned because i'm really excited about um something that i found out with my research that i could tell you a little bit about and it's basically proof this moon landing and the tri the timeline of the moon landing proves how important it is to know where the moon is and really simply said when they're in the kennedy um space center and they're calculating to go to the moon and they know they're setting off and i'll give you the details in another podcast but they need to be really exact and they have the trajectory which was calculated by one of the hidden figures from the movie an african-american who wasn't acknowledged at the time Um, a lot of women weren't acknowledged especially african-american women it was all man's team and she helped calculate the trajectory that the mission successfully landed on the moon and first things first you have to successfully leave earth's orbit and then you have to successfully go into the moon's orbit and then be pulled in and all this takes calculation to the t you know having enough fuel and everything but also because the moon moves 13 and a half degrees a day and it took uh three days to get to the moon then that means that if they weren't mindful of where the moon had re you know transited to they would not be able to land there they would not have been able to aim and decide where they were going to send that rocket to so that it would interact with first the moon's orbit and i'm hoping somehow i'm like so excited i'm gonna make something i'm just gonna go tell it to the world on the 19th how important that is i'm just gonna talk all day and try to um you know share what i've been researching for three years and how important it is to understand that connection so yeah that's what i that's the main thing what i'm really excited about and i hope to be um what do you say uh live streaming it or tweeting it out um on the day so yeah if you don't follow me please follow me now um on instagram i'm at aka cloudette and twitter i am at life is a hat party okay take care of yourselves i hope this motivates you for monday the whole two segments and um yeah what i do before the new moon and full moon is to pause so um 24 hours 12 hours actually before and 12 hours after so if the full moon is at 22 38 then i like to pause 12 hours before and have most things done before 10 a.m on the day and then chill to the next day if that makes any sense but yeah you know there's a lot of energies just keep thinking positive think venus venus balance balance beauty beauty inquisitive gemini keep talking ask questions 
so that you can shoot for the stars with the wonderful Sagittarius spirit, the centaur that wants to know and reach to far away um, ideas and yeah, places in the universe. Take care of yourselves and thanks for listening. It's Chapel Claudette, also known as Cloudette because I love clouds and looking out.